25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hole. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yo! What up? What day is it? Friday? Friday! Yep, welcome in. Here's an idea. Steroids users in baseball should be, if they have the numbers, shuffled right on in to the Pro Baseball Hall of Fame right along beside everybody else. Is that what you think? You agree with that? Steroids users, known steroids users, admitted steroids users. Known or admitted, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds, Jose Canseco, Rafael Palmero, A-Rod. Did I say A-Rod already? Andy Pettit, Roger Clemens. Come on with them. Juan Gonzalez. Come on. Those guys should be ushered right in to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Alongside everybody else. What do you think? Yes, no, indifferent. I'll tell you why I'm thinking about that here on a Friday. I'll tell you why. Just stick around. Just getting started, literally. I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Mississippi Farm Bureau Insurance. You get an insurance agent, somebody right there in your community, right there at home. You probably... You see them at the ball games. You go to church with them. You know, their kids go to school with your kids. It's the home team guy or woman there who can help you with all your insurance needs. That's Farm Bureau. They have a new handle on Twitter, too. I encourage you to follow it because uh, they're all into sports and a lot of recognition, but also some good information every now and then on Twitter. So they have a new Twitter account. Follow them. It's at Farm Bureau MS. Okay, Farm Bureau MS. Like just a minute ago, let's see, they retweeted and said, congratulations, Bayou Academy. Bayou Academy, the girls' AAA MAIS track champion. Bayou Academy, where is that located? Hey, Roger, do you know where Bayou Academy is? Yeah, it's over in the Bayou. In the Bayou? I don't (laughs) know where it is. They are the Colts, wherever they are. I have not heard that. I'll look it up for you. Okay. Bio, oh, I'm just I mean, You don't have to look it up. I was just curious. Bayou Academy. Sounds anyway. like it's in Louisiana, doesn't it? Yeah. It's <laughs> close. Got to be. Uh, let's see. The 
the the 3A MAIS overall boys track champion is according and again Farm Bureau MS retweeted this on Twitter. Uh, Sullivan Institute. Wonder where that is. You know where Sullivan Institute is? Bayou Academy is in Bolivar County. All right, Bolivar County is the, isn't that over in the Delta? Asked you the city of Cleveland, so yes, yeah, you are yeah, okay. Five hundred students, so they're you know uh-huh. a small student uh, body. They're winning championships. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. They sure are. Let me uh, refresh the text line here because uh, Mac texted in and knew right where it was. He said, Bayou Academy, Cleveland. Y'all are listening? All right. So Man, he is on the ball, isn't he? He sure is. He knows all about it. I wonder if Mac went to Bayou, Aca- <clears throat> Bayou Academy. Excuse and he me. nailed your next one, too, by the way. Did he? Philemon Academy is in Louisiana, he says. Well, I'm I th- getting I the idea Mac is in the uh, high school business. He must be. What up, Mac? <clears throat> All right. Uh, I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. This show stays connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire. Customer inspired. And on that note, let me open it up to you. Mac already knows the text number. If you want to text the show, it is 885-ESPN. And the number would be 885 885-ESPN. Text the show that way. It's a 601 area code. And on the Divinity Equipment phone, you can call. And also guests will appear on the Divinity phone. 995-1059. That also is 601 number. 995-1059. Coming up in hour number two, we'll preview the Mississippi State Ole Miss Baseball Series with Chase Parham from rebelgrove.com. Back to my original statement Steroids users, known steroids users, either known or admitted, either or. Sosa McGuire, Bonds. Clemens, Palmero, A-Rod. Yep, all of them. They should go into the Pro Baseball Hall of Fame. What do you think? Yes, no? They should or they shouldn't. May I take just a moment here to tell you why why I was thinking about this. This is not a like a um there's no like segue here tie between these two things. It's just kind of they're sort of related. Roger, you know, I I I drove to about five, 480 miles Earlier this week, up to North Carolina, then turned around two days later, drove about, you know, well, the same distance coming back, 480 miles. So almost 1,000 miles within three days. And the trip there and the trip back brought me through the town over in North Alabama that I grew up in as a kid, Russellville, Alabama. You ever heard of it, Roger? You familiar with yeah. Russellville? Yeah. I'll tell you one outstanding quarterback from Mississippi State is from there, I think. Yeah, well – no. <laughs> no, I have heard of it. Really <laughs> no, I'll tell you who who is somebody you definitely have heard of who's from there is Chucky Mullins. Really? Uh-huh. You know, the famous Ole Miss player who suffered that uh, spinal injury, Man. later yeah. passed away from complications of that. I grew up as a kid watching Chucky Mullins play high school ball at Russellville High School, Russellville, Alabama. They're the Golden Tigers. Growing up in the uh, – 
in the late 80s, in mid, late 80s, really that whole decade pretty much there in Russellville. Um, Russellville had the best-looking high school uniforms I've ever seen. They There were a the few things in the uniforms that were kind of a takeaway from the Saints, the same gold helmet with the same three-stripe thing down the middle, but the Tiger logo and all was a little different. But And it was a football town. I mean, everything all year long revolved around high school football up there. But anyway, that's where I grew up. And my trip to and from North Carolina this week took me through there. And so I had a little extra time, so I swung through the old neighborhood by the house I grew up in, in the neighborhood there. It was a lot of kids. We grew up together, so we always were playing ball and, you know, spending time together outside constantly. And anyway, it brought back a lot of memories. And, Has it changed and, a lot? You know, honestly, Roger, there's not a, not a lot of change. Yes, there's some change, uh, but there's no transformation. It's a small town, you know, pretty isolated um, just south southwest of the Shoals area, you know, Muscle Shoals, Florence up there, and all that. Oh yeah. So you you kind of have to be going there, you know what I mean? And especially yeah. now with the bypass going around it, but it hasn't changed a ton, really. In the neighborhoods and the houses and everything, uh, they all pretty much look the same, with just a few exceptions. And anyway, it, it, a lot of memories came back, including what it was like living in that neighborhood with all these other kids my age we were always constantly trading baseball cards it was a huge deal in the 80s now might have been in the 70s too because i have an uncle who gave me boxes of baseball cards from the 70s and i still have those things and i know people kids started collecting baseball cards way on back prior to that but it kind of hit big business in the uh, 1980s the baseball card thing and so there for a while, it was like super popular, and baseball was more popular with all of us kids that age. We were all collecting it and hunting down these certain cards that would would have more value. And <clears throat> one of those was the Jose Canseco rookie card. <laughs> you got to remember that Jose Canseco. I just like saying his name. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Jose Canseco was it and his rookie card there for about three or four years in the late 80s was the most coveted baseball card you could get everyone was convinced it had so much value and was going to have so much value because he was just lighting up major league baseball the bash brothers he and mark mcguire on the oakland a's earned that nickname hitting home runs back to back three and four in the lineup but canseco was the one who was the athlete also could run the the 40 40 guy you know, this six foot four, 250 pound, muscle bound, looked like a bodybuilder hitting bomb home runs and stealing 40 bases. You know, at that age, you don't know anything about steroids, but he's the one who comes out and writes the book and lit everybody up about steroids. When, when there were all these questions anyway, he writes a book and just puts names in it. <laughs> just did it. And I was thinking about that, the whole baseball card trading thing and how. Canseco was it, man. He was. And you know what? I still have all those cards, by the way. So, I just had You did have the Canseco card, right? Yeah, I had it. Okay. still have it. It's just not near. None of those cards are worth as much as they once were. <laughs> the value of that, all of them has gone down. Put that Honus Wagner on my spokes. Yeah, I'm sure you did. <laughs> I'm, and several others did, too. But that was just a couple of days ago. And then this morning I'm reading 
these historical nuggets from uh, this day in sports. And here is one involving Jose Canseco. Roger, get a load of this. Let's go back in time now. May the 10th, this day, 1991. The Oakland A's are playing the New York Yankees in, you know, the Bronx. And Oakland outfielder Jose Canseco is photographed leaving the west side apartment of singer Madonna. (laughs) He then goes 0 for 3 in the game, and the A's lost to the Yankees 5 to 3. And it was big news. Hey, 11 p.m., and then he left her apartment at 1.30 a.m., and the paparazzi were waiting. Bam! Got his picture. Posted it. You know, printed it. Canseco seen leaving apartment of singer Madonna at 1.30 a.m. Then he goes 0 for 3 in the game. (laughs) Yeah. And... It set off this big thing. I, I, I vaguely remember it, but it set off this big thing. Here, listen to this, all right? This is the report in the Chicago Tribune right after that, back in 1991. Jose Canseco says his late-night get-together with rock star Madonna was an innocent one. Quote, we're just friends. She's a nice lady. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Wrong on both counts. <laughs> She, you, know, you know what she used to do? She would ride around in a limousine and pick up Hispanic guys. She was known to do that. <laughs> he was just another guy. <laughs> Listen to this. He was photographed coming out of Madonna's apartment build, building in the early morning hours Friday, uh, that Friday. The following Saturday, New York, uh, the New York Post had the picture across page three with the headline, quote, Madonna's Bat Boy? Question mark. <laughs> He just couldn't get any wood on the ball. Like that. <laughs> Roger! No! What? No! What do you mean? <laughs> no, you didn't. Oh, you went there. You couldn't resist, could you? Dead gummit. Oh, man. <laughs> All out. <sighs> we may or may not be back with you on Monday, folks. <laughs> we may or may not. Hey, listen to this. One year earlier... Canseco likened himself to Madonna in an interview saying they were both free spirits, not afraid to act unconventionally. (laughs) Quote, she's different and exciting. She does what she wants as long as it doesn't hurt anyone. She isn't strangled by what the norm in society is. Reading all this about what you know, happened between him and Madonna back in 1991 on this day. Led to another click, to another click. And I start reading through these things of, you know, this, how Jose Canseco's basically gone crazy. But he wrote the book, juiced, and put all their names in it. (laughs) Put it in there. Listen to this audio clip, Roger, where he talks about a very familiar name, this is at a book signing at about the time that he put the book out. Now, let me see if I can get the actual time frame uh, pretty close here. Gosh, what has it been? 15 years ago? 
It not been that long, has it? Well, yeah. All right, it says here, in 2005, when baseball's steroid talk was at an all-time high, Canseco came out and admitted to using anabolic steroids in a book that told everything and anything titled Juiced, Wild Times, Rampant Roids, Smash Hits, and How Baseball Got Big. Okay, so it came out in 2005. He was on the book tour signing books. Somebody put a microphone and a camera in front of his face, and this is what he said. Why not include the stuff in the first book? Um... Well, talk about Roger Clemens? No, A-Rod. In general. You know, right. First time author, why hold that stuff? Well, I figured I had named enough players where one of these players would come on my side and say, you know what, what Jose Canseco is saying is the absolute truth, but I underestimated Major League Baseball. They're a very, very powerful, I always said they're a very powerful mafia. They're an incredible juggernaut. They, They have a force in economy in the United States, a political force that's just just bar none. Now, Major League Baseball was so powerful that they even got these players to testify against me and perjure themselves. That's incredible. Obviously, we saw the congressional hearings. Sammy Sosa couldn't speak English. Uh, Rafael Palmeiro, I don't know how to tell you. I've never used steroids. I understand why I did that. He had the whole of Major League Baseball behind him, backing him, telling him, go, Rafi, go, Rafi. It's your birthday. We'll back you. <laughs> Meanwhile, Rafi tested positive a month and a half later for steroids. Duh. Now, we all know what happened there, guys. Common sense applied here. What happened? Major League Baseball said, Rafi, you tested positive for steroids way back before the congressional hearings even happened. Now they constructed a deal with Rafi. If you testify against Jose Canseco, we're going to hide these results. You know, we control the whole world. We're, we're, we're the man. You know, we, we can do whatever we want. So he testifies against me. I looked over to Rafi, and I'm like, wow, this is a circus. This is crazy. Something's going on here. I'm Meanwhile, just... me, let me finish. Meanwhile, I found out later on that Rafael Palmeiro did construct an agreement with Major League Baseball. But Congress got smart. Congress said, hmm. I think I'm smarter than you baseball players. So they said, I'm going to subpoena the results from these laboratories. Then I'm going to subpoena uh, whoever in Major League Baseball holds the name. There's a name that's coded with a serial number. Serial number goes to the laboratories, tested. Laboratories don't know who they're testing. They just have a code name, a code number. They tie it back together. All of a sudden, Major League Baseball has, what, a smoking gun in their hands. Um, Congress says, I'm subpoenaing both. All of a sudden, Major League Baseball said, they're going to catch us. I'm going to give these results oh. to the media. Oops. One of you guys got it and said, oh, my. Okay. Look what we found. Rafael Palmeiro tested positive for steroids. It was all a joke. He purged himself in front of Congress. Major League Baseball, again, created a plan against me to try to undermine what I had to say, defuse it, make it look like I was crazy. Bottom line is, guys, they came to me two days ago, and they finally said, uncle. We need you, point blank. I've always, since day one, if day one they would have said before blackballing me, listen, Jose, we know you brought steroids into the game. We know you're the godfather of steroids. We know you did it by example and educating the players. I would have gladly said, let's meet. I will help you get these steroids out of baseball. But they chose the route of what? Kicking me in my rear end and getting me out of the game, which was wrong. Are they sincere right now? Could they still be setting you up? I don't think they have a choice. I really think at this point in time, they don't have a choice. All right, so um, that was from a book signing, Jose Canseco. So what I'm asking you is this. After all of that, and again, he, he put the book out there now 14 years ago. 
And after he did that, yeah, he's kind of been blackballed. And and he hadn't helped his case at all. At times on Twitter, he's looked crazy. And when you look up some of the stuff, Roger, when you look up some of the stunts that Jose Canseco has pulled since then, again, he does not at all help his case of, you know, to, to not look crazy. But he was so articulate. I mean, he was laying it out. He seemed so rational it's, in that press conference it, anyway. It's totally believable, isn't it? It's totally he's believable. He's assuming the Godfather mantle, the Godfather steroids. That's what he called himself, the Godfather steroids. And he's doing the whole thing there, talking to reporters wearing sunglasses indoors. <laughs> In, um, listen to this. Uh, the book was released. He made this statement in that book as well. Quote, in Tampa, I ran the 40-yard dash in 3.9 seconds. Well, no, he didn't. Complete and outright lie. <laughs> Falsification. So that's in Hi. the book. <laughs> he's um, he's done like MMA fights and gotten whipped by a seven-foot-tall guy. He's been like kicked out of homes that he's lived in because of not paying rent. Yeah. You check up with Madonna. <laughs> Maybe she'll have him after all these years. Bring that bat. <laughs> Jose Canseco. On this day in ninety one. Walked out of Madonna's house at midnight. And they caught him. I think he tried on that pointy bustier. <laughs> I'm trying to get that image out of my head. Well, that now. kind of thing back then was very in vogue. Friday, a free-for-all Friday. There's very little agenda here as far as I'm concerned today. I'm just having fun. Glad to be with you. In the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Follow them on Twitter at Farm Bureau MS. And also, 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 there you go. Easy for me to say. Also, you're talking with the lisp. <laughs> What's that scene on uh, uh, the um, Christmas Vacation movie? You know, the warm embrace of Kith and Ken, <laughs> and then he's right after that. Everything has an F. <laughs> he says, "The wonderful spirit of Christmas." Ah, uh, that's Clark Griswold for you. Ah. <laughs> uh, I was going to say C Spire. Thanks to C Spire for allowing us to stay connected to you around the clock, uploading, downloading, posting, videoing, going live, streaming, podcasting, and it's all there for you. Thanks to C Spire. Yeah. All right. That's the heart of the issue. A text on the text line from Natchez. Yes, Barry Bonds belongs in the Hall of Fame. Just off of his time in Pittsburgh alone. He was a 30-30 guy, 30 home runs, 30 stolen bases, and a two-time MVP in Pittsburgh. And you and I can both agree, it looked like two different people. 
Barry Bonds in a Pittsburgh Pirates uniform versus Barry Bonds in that San Francisco Giants uniform. Right. Two totally different hat sizes. <laughs> Don't it, make him angry. <clears throat> yeah. Exactly. But, man, was he fun to watch. You couldn't pitch to him. Has anybody ever been more intentionally walked more than Barry Bonds? I'd love to know that stat. Doubt it. <clears throat> Doubt it very seriously. Not even your 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 Gwen guy from yesterday. Yeah, he was intentionally walked a lot, but no. Zagas because he you know, it seems, wasn't as seems much. Like of history homemaker. treats people kinder, you know, over time. You know, as we get away oh, sure. from the. Sure. Yeah, you know. I expect in a couple of years we'll hear Hitler was just misunderstood. Uh, well, hopefully not. Yeah, but I get you, you do have a great point. Yeah, time softens everything; it heals everything. You know, it's one of the things I think historians, people who take it very seriously, Roger, or those who, you know, write historical books and stuff, they they are forced to keep that in mind. That you take someone who like writes a book about the Civil War, and a lot of their research may involve going back and pouring over and reading through all of these, um, you know, like diaries and stuff. Yeah, I was thinking letters and things, letters and diaries, and they they heavily heavily weight what they read. In the time period, like a letter that a soldier wrote while he was actively serving in the war. And it could be, you know, any war, but, or at that time, a, something he wrote in a journal versus things they said or wrote years after. Does that make sense? Because years after, things, it can become hard to remember them completely accurately years later, obviously. So time does seem to treat it a differently, little, but sepia tone. That's uh, exactly memories. right. That's exactly right. Anybody who's ever tried to edit a photo will now know what you mean uh, with the sepia tone. A little inside there. Yeah. But like Jose Canseco, okay? I was looking up all these things. He's top 20 weird moments of his career. He got he, he basically got um, charged with aggravated battery. He and his brother Ozzy beat up a couple of guys in 2001 at a Miami nightclub. Um, you know, I talked about it getting evicted out of his house and, of course, the whole connection to Madonna. He basically came out later. I don't know. Like That's the thing about it is he basically came out later and said that Madonna tried to seduce him. <laughs> yeah. For hours. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the book signing stuff, the book juiced. He called out A-Rod. He's had other, you know, problems. He says that he was set up. And then he went on reality television. I don't know if you remember that, but Jose Canseco. <laughs> this is what it says at Bleacher Report. As if the idea of making a TV show based on pairing a mismatched group of celebrities and having them live together wasn't crazy enough, the show decided to take it a uh, step further. In season five of The Surreal Life, Jose Canseco was a member of the show as he was sharing a living space with models, a rapper, and an ex-motocross star. <laughs> oh, you can't make it you up. You should have thrown Vern Troyer in there. In 2003, Canseco played himself in a film called Stripper's Ball. 
The film also included adult film stars. Oh, and by the way, Dennis Rodman was in there too. <laughs> it's true. And then this. More recently, a Twitter stream from Jose Canseco that said, steroids are completely overrated. Players should be inducted into the Hall of Fame that use steroids because they would have performed great without the use of steroids. Put guys like Mark McGuire, Rafael Palmero, Sammy Sosa, and Juan Gonzalez in the Hall of Fame. They are, they are baseball, some of the greatest players ever. Steroids are overrated. You don't need them, and I'll prove it, he said. He also tweeted, players also used cocaine, marijuana, greenies. Those are all illegal and still were inducted in the Hall of Fame. He said Mark McGuire could come back steroid-free and hit 60 home runs. you believe that? Yes? No? How about this one, Roger? In the life of Jose Canseco, you talk about a book. Somebody write a book about his life. Listen to this. On October 10th, 2008, Jose Canseco was detained by immigration officials as he was trying to cross over from Mexico into the U.S. <laughs> Apparently, he tried to bring a fertility drug with him in from Mexico. And he said the drug was to help his hormone replacement therapy that he needed because of his steroid use. Later, he pled guilty in federal court to the misdemeanor offense of trying to bring the drugs into the USA from Mexico. He was sentenced to 12 months unsupervised probation for his action. He was on Celebrity Apprentice. We know all about that, don't we? Yeah, and here's the one. And I'll stop with this on Ken Seiko. On May the 26th, 2009... Jose Canseco made his mixed martial arts debut against seven foot two kickboxer and mixed martial artist Hong Man Choi. <laughs> Don't mess with Hong Man. <laughs> As part of Dream's Super Hulk tournament. Despite having a black belt in both karate and taekwondo, Canseco got destroyed in the fight. Losing in the first round. Something tells me he got those belts uh, a little easier than your average mm -hmm. guy. He got knocked he out just, a minute and 17 into it. He's a big dude. I didn't realize he was 6'4". He's huge and From ripped. Cuba. He's Born huge in and, and ripped. Okay, I just got to do one more. The same year, 2008. Okay. Jose Canseco accepted a challenge to do a celebrity boxing match against a former NFL player, Vi Sikahima. It took place in Atlantic City, and Sikahima uh, knocked Canseco out in the first round. <laughs> the next fight for Canseco was against radio and television personality Danny Bonaducci. And it lasted, it lasted three rounds <laughs> and ended in a majority draw. The life and times of Jose Canseco. But I believe in the whole steroids thing. He was flat out telling the truth. That's what I believe. <laughs> Crazy. You read certain things and it sends you down a path. And today I just couldn't get away from all the oddities in the Jose Canseco story. He's 54. 54 years old. Hard to believe. Baseball. 
of the more modern variety coming up. Stick around. Back on the show. I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go! With the home team. Things are not necessarily going swimmingly right now at this very moment in terms of, you know, how you want things to go in the offseason anyway. They're not necessarily going swimmingly for Florida, Dan Mullen and the Florida Gators. Meaning, you know, it's just like they've they've got guys transferring. They've had an off-the-field issue or two, recruiting some people, flipping. Remember the show Flipper? Oh, I, yeah. This, this super – They call him Flipper. Flipper. <laughs> Faster than lightning. Yep, it was about a dolphin, kids. Look it up. YouTube. It's got it on there, I promise. Yeah. You know, time. There, was a, there was a time. Fr- Speaking of that, Roger, there was a time frame in our lifetime, go back to the 70s, early 80s, where like Hollywood was fascinated with animals and making them smarter than they really are, even though they're really Benji. smart. All right, Benji the dog. Remember now, Clyde? Right turn, Clyde. Look, Benji the dog, Benji, they made movies about this dog, little scruffy-looking fella, little Karen Terrier, kind of like uh, Toto. But here's the thing. They're smart. Dogs are very, very smart. But they in Hollywood, they ramp it up, make them even smarter than they really are. So they did it with Benji. You remember Gentle Ben? Oh, that was the bear. The bear, yes, Gentle Ben. Grizzly big, Adams. Yeah. Well, Grizzly Adams was... The name of a guy. The guy, right? but but that wasn't that the show that the I think, bear was on. I think you're right. I think that's right. Um, but Gentle Ben, yeah, and and didn't Gentle Ben the bear have a friend who was like a little boy in that show? Anyway, I, I, yeah, I you had so. that. You had Lassie. Of course, that oh, was God, a yeah. little earlier. Also, a little earlier was um, Mr. Ed, the talking horse. Okay. Do you remember that there was a Saturday morning show about a German shepherd? And it was like a superhero German Ren 10, shepherd. Ren 1010. Well, no. Run Run Joe Run was the name of the Run Joe Run. Okay. Yeah. I don't guess I remember that one. But then you also. Kinda, then now you, that you say that Ren 1010 thing, I see what they were doing there with the. Uh huh. Yeah. Alliteration effect. And, and you had um, Flipper. You know, the dolphin, who was, like, otherworldly intelligent. Yeah, they were just fascinated with it. We want to make animals into people. That's what they wanted. By the way, I'm just going to throw this out to you. Jay White turned me on to this, and it's funny. If you got time and you want to go to YouTube, search man on a buffalo. Man on a buffalo. Okay. It is hilarious. Is this guy trying to ride it? Yeah, well, somebody took some some footage that's in the public domain, and and then they just kind of put some music and did a a song narrative to it, and it is okay. It is it is screamingly funny. Okay, Ellen just texted. I'm sorry, tweeted me. I'm Radio Wyatt on Twitter. Ellen tweeted the show at Radio Wyatt and said that Gentle Ben 
and Grizzly Adams were two different shows. All right, and now that I'm looking it up, see, Gentle Ben did have the little boy, and the little boy who was Gentle Ben's right-hand man on the show was Clint Howard, the younger brother of Ron Howard, who played Opie on the Andy Griffith show. So Opie's little brother, Clint, who made some appearances on the Andy Griffith show, who has been in a lot of movies over his years in Hollywood. Clint Howard, as an adult, was one of the goofballs sitting up in the stands in the movie Waterboy. Remember that scene in Waterboy where, (laughs) like, these two rednecks in the stands, and one of them looks at the other one and says, he's the best tackler I've seen since Joe Montana. (laughs) And the other guy looks at him and goes, Joe Montana was a quarterback, you idiot. And the response then from the guy was, I said Joe Montana. <laughs> well, that guy who said Joe Montana was Clint Howard, the kid from Gentle Ben. By the way, the reason I got confused, I had to look it up. He Grizzly Adams named this bear cub Ben, so he must have been playing off Gentle oh, Ben. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Grizzly Adams. Welcome to the Friday edition of the show, folks. If you're just tuned in, It's a stream of consciousness thing, okay? I mentioned Florida. They've got all these different issues going on with Florida football right now, including, and then I said also some recruits who are flipping. And then I said flipper. The next thing we know, we talk about animals in Hollywood. Gentle Ben, here we are. Back to Florida. The Gators, all right, for a second. More animals. I don't think there's ever been a TV show about an alligator. Maybe there should be. Anyway. Burt Riddles was in something called Gator. Yeah. Old Burt. Anyway, I, anyway, I <laughs> breaker, breaker, got your ears on. Don't say that. I learned that last week on the show. Real truckers don't, don't say, say good that. buddy. And no. don't. Good neighbor. By any means, make sure you don't say good buddy on a CB radio. <laughs> Unless you mean it. Unless you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. So uh, here it is at, at Florida. Freshman cornerback Chris Steele, a former top 50 prospect, he was a five-star recruit, is transferring from Florida. He's entered the the transfer portal. Come on, NCAA. That's so stupid. Come up with something better than that. But anyway, he's in the portal, transferring from Florida. But this stems back – listen to this, Roger. This stems back to this past year, the signing class. Chris Steele, five-star you know, star of the signing class. And when he got on campus, they assigned him a roommate. His roommate they assigned him to was fellow freshman incoming signee quarterback Jalen Jones. Not long after that, this kid, Chris Steele, apparently went to the leadership coaches at Florida and requested a room change. He said, basically, in so many words, however, he got it across. He let them know he was not comfortable being a roommate of Jalen Jones. He wanted to change. They told him something about you can't change. It's going to take a while and whatever, and it never did happen. He was frustrated with that. Well, fast forward to now, Jalen Jones has entered the transfer portal earlier this month after he was accused of sexual battery of two women at the residence on April the 6th. Now, way prior to this incident that he is 
accused of is when his roommate went to the coaches and said, hey, man, I don't want to room with this guy. I want to be in another room. And it didn't happen. And so now he's uh, leaving. Here is a quote. What are you doing? Yes. What are you doing? Great quote, Coach Mullen. Here is a quote from Coach Mullen on 24-7 Sports. I think we did a poor job recruiting if guys were coming in and then immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be, and we lied to them during recruiting, or we sold them a dream and that wasn't true. Well, that's kind of what's happening now. It's, it's easy to go back and find quotes from coaches and pull it up and compare it to wait, you know, when something happens. But this is a thing where Florida mishandled this. Now, there, I'm sure, are situations where somebody may request a roommate change for selfish reasons, and, you know, you don't go just placating everybody. But this is one where it's coming back to bite Florida in the rear, rear end in a lot of ways. You know, maybe there just wasn't enough communication, but at, at any rate, that's what they're looking at. And it's a real, it's a real stinker of a situation for, you know, the football staff who, you know, apparently got this, you know, relocate request from their top player and didn't grant it. Now he's transferring because of it. The reason he wanted to transfer, he was not comfortable with his roommate, didn't like him. Turns out this guy's accused of sexual battery. Um, they have another player now who has decided to transfer out who was a top signee. A recruiting class that is ongoing has got some guys flipping. So it's kind of a mess right now at Florida. And that's coming off a year when Florida won 10 football games. They beat LSU. They beat Michigan. You know, at any rate, regardless of what it is, I mean, isn't it real life? Isn't it just basic just it's it's everyday life that if you are in some way charge and you're in charge of other people and this isn't the military and in some way you're in charge of other people and their living arrangements and if they come to you and say I'm not happy with my living arrangement at all or I'm a little uncomfortable with my roommate that y'all placed me with. Isn't it just basic decency to whoever hears that to say, okay, well, let's see if we can get you moved. Absolutely. <clears throat> right? And not why wouldn't they? Right. Why wouldn't they, Roger? And then what and, and why would anybody think it's okay to go, well, we can't make any of those changes until the next semester? Well, that's just lazy. And now you're losing two players. I mean, one of them you want to see go probably. Yeah. But. Well, that's right, but but see, I think another player on the team, too, has decided, I'm out of here. Yeah, he just got a mess on their hands. You have so to. so bad for Dan. Yeah. Well. I, we know I, he's a good coach, but will he be in the hot seat if this keeps happening? If it, Hey, look, if it keeps happening, they will. He better win 10 games a year if you're going to have stuff like that happening. That's just the way it is. You can't have it. They really made a mistake. Now they got to try to clean it up. Talk baseball next with Chase Parham from Rebel Grove and preview the series that begins tonight in Oxford. Stick around.